Hello and welcome to the GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast. This week is episode 32, I think. Some number. The Abominable Dr. Fibes. Um, so? So, yeah. So what is the Abominable Dr. Fives? Tell me about the Abominable Dr. Fives. The Abominable Dr. Fives is a 1971 mm-hmm. horror comedy starring Vincent Price, Joseph Cotton. And some um, other people. Yeah. Um, Peter Jeffrey plays Inspector Harry Trout. Um, Virginia North plays Volnavia. Who is Volnavia? Volnavia is the girl. Oh. Because they just called her the girl in the credits. Yeah. And, um... She also doesn't talk. I don't think. She screams at the end. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe. The uh, it was, movie was directed by Robert Fuest and written by William Goldstein and James Witten. Now, who's Robert Fuest? No idea. Never heard of him before. I have the context. Or after. Um, looks to me like he made... Schlock. Uh, oh, he directed uh, Dr. Fives Rises Again as well. That does, doesn't sound like a real movie. Don't know how Dr. Fives would come back. Uh, other than that, uh, he directed The Final Program, which is an adap- adaptation of um, Michael Moorcock's Jerry Cornelius books. Okay. Uh, I actually spent a long time trying to find a copy of The Final Program, and it was always prohibitively expensive, so I never did uh, see that movie. <laughs> Uh, the books are extremely strange, and I think it would be kind of fun to watch. Although I don't, I don't think they probably are good movies. Could have captured the books like they're the books are real surrealist, so I don't know. Uh, Doctor Fives stabs towards surrealism sometimes. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just no, no, so strange. <laughs> it it stabs it that. stabs towards surrealism as the way any madman in a crowd stabs any one particular person. You know, sure. Sure. So, uh, do you want to give us the plot rundown of Dr. Fives? Okay, so, um, so Dr. Fives involves a bunch of people getting murdered. Like, three people get murdered, four people get murdered, one person you don't see get murdered. Yeah. You just, we just told it gets murdered. And then after the fourth person, you learn, is it the fourth or the fifth? I think <laughs> like, it's the fourth. Like, halfway through the movie, you learn why... Vincent Price first you learn that Vincent Price is actually named Dr. Fives yeah I mean I guess you can infer that before that because of Dr. Anton Fives mechanical whimsical jazz quartet I don't I think I mean I think you're going in knowing who Dr. Fives is right but based on the movies within the context of the film yeah they don't they don't necessarily get into it but what they come to the what they come to first basically is that the uh the killings are all connected connected in the sense that they're all first of all they're all um, doctors who once um, worked together worked uh, together on a particular surgery but also that the killings are all themed after biblical plagues approximately which I think is what we find out first and then later on they figure yeah, out yeah because he finds out the amulet and he's like oh the amulet and then he goes to the weird like room the the cobweb filled the well, giant. First he goes to the jeweler, and then he goes to the the. Uh, he was called synagogue. The, you mean the goldsmith? Goldsmith, sure. As he's known in the credits. Yeah. And then he goes to the rabbi, which that room is just like a large, cavernous, dark room full of scrolls. Hmm. Kind of like my dream office. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, this Doctor Five is killing people." Like that's what, like halfway through the movie. Yeah. You learn. You learn the motivation. Uh, I think it's a little less than halfway, but yeah, it's it, there's it's just some fun set pieces that happen first. It's just like a bunch of stuff happens uh, right then. Then they like ramp up the stage because then they can prevent the last few murders, but they don't. Like they just like not even close. Yeah, they fail pretty hard. Yeah, they're like let's surround this hospital in every way except for the woman's room. Well, I don't. I actually do think it's pretty common for them not to actually put someone in the room with the person they're guarding. Right, but you know, generally they guard all the entrances and exits. They just didn't. They didn't think about the ceiling above. They, they didn't think about drilling a hole through the ceiling. But Doctor Five is really crafty. They should have yeah. thought ahead. I mean, he's he's so crafty that what he does is he first he places a carefully designed <laughs> what is cellophane drawing of a woman, a nude woman, a nude woman, in order to know where to drill. Why though? Like I don't understand. From above, but like. 
and drills a hole in the woman's mouth. Like, sure. like what is that thing? Like, I don't understand what that thing is. Uh, how else would you know where to drill, Andrew? No, but like, okay, no, 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 that's not the problem. The problem is like, what is that cellophane thing? Like, it's a map of a woman. Yes, but why? Like, is that like a medical thing? Is that like a medical reference? No, chart? They, well, they did. That's it's a perfect um, representation of the nurse that they're killing. Okay, yeah, but like, how did he make it? Well, he just he just studied it for months. But like that material, like what is it? It's just that that um, not cellophane, but what's that material? It's like a, that laminate that like yeah. you would use on overhead projectors. Kinda, yeah. But like. Oh. He knows where to put it. So. Yeah, it's right. He knows where to put it. You know why he knows where to put it? Because it was laminate. But the thing is, he knows where to put the laminate. Right, because he studied there for months. But if he knows where to put the laminate, he doesn't need the laminate anymore. He puts it like head first too. See, the the point is, he needs to. He puts it head first. He needs to know where to drill his hole to put his hose that he's, he's going to drip all his Brussels sprout juice down. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, he needs to drill the hole in the head, and he uses the head part to guide him. Like, he places it down head first. Yeah. And, like, he uses the head, like, oh, the head's in the right spot. Well, he just he just needs to... Uh... But the head, he's like, oh, the head's in the right spot. Now it's time to start drilling. He just needs to know where to put his Brussels sprout juice <laughs> so he can drop his locusts in there. But listen, listen. You need a laminate. Listen, listen. Simple as that. Doctor Five has a lot of really far-fetched plans, especially when he rises again. Yeah, but we're not talking about that. No, that's for some other podcast. But even like on his first risen, his far-fetched plans like at least have like a logical like through line to them for the most part. They're they're like absurd, like Bond villain-esque like torture rooms. Yeah, but they make sense. Yep. In their own, they have in they have an internal logic. Yep. But this one doesn't have an internal logic. Of course it does. There's no need for that. <laughs> it's like, oh man, we, I mean, we were making a cheesy horror movie, but we forgot to put the tits in. <laughs> I don't think I really don't think that was played from titillation. I don't even think it was supposed to be titillation. So like, how can we justify like, well, let's drop some boobs on some cellophane and call it a day. I really don't think they have boobs that have anything to do with anything. That's the I only. Mean, it was just like an incidental thing. That's the only reason I can think of because there's no other reason for that to be there. They the reason was because they wanted to make it look like he needed this delamment. They just yeah. didn't think it through at all. Yeah, no, <laughs> like that guy breathing. What guy breathing? The guy who got all his blood drained. How he's still breathing afterwards? Yeah, like, well, I mean, you, your body reflexively breathes for days after you die. <laughs> yeah. Just, Maybe some lung, some air just like escape the lungs reflexively. <laughs> <sighs> so I mean, I think the best part of this movie—I mean, there's a few good things about this movie, but the most, oh. the most interesting, exciting thing I think is the is the complexity of the deaths. No, well, I forgot to finish the movie. So, oh yeah, finish the movie. The last movie is like, well, the darkness is the final plague, which is three days of darkness, which he uses. He mixes it up a little. Sw- he switch swaps the two. Two last ones, mm-hmm. because he steals this guy's firstborn, and then he puts him in a saw situation where he needs to like cut his son's heart open and yep. take a key out, or else acid will drip on his face. And then Doctor Fibes like mummifies himself next to his dead wife, never to return. Because why would he? He accomplished all of his goals. His, yep. his motivations are over. Now he's gonna just fill his body with a mummy fluid and have an eternal rest. Mm-hmm. But the final curse was darkness, and that wasn't ever fulfilled. No, well, according to the Wikipedia page, the darkness was Doctor Five's potential return. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which we'll have to see. I mean, I'm not sure he ever comes back or not. But rise again, like maybe from that bed. He's like mm, early to bed, early to rise, early to embalm. Oh, why would he have no motivation to come back? That wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, so all of the elaborate deaths. Okay. <laughs> so I wrote down for the first one, I wrote down bat murder, and I wrote old bats, <laughs> question mark. Because yeah, the bats do all seem to be dead the next day. Like, I mean, they could have pumped some poison in there, I guess. Cause they were, but I mean, they weren't even alive when the butler opened the door. No, they were just like a bunch of dead bats hanging around. Um, basically, the first one is Fibes um, 
opens the window and drops the sack of bats in there. <laughs> he, opens, <laughs> he opens the ceiling and he has like a bird cage. Granted, a bird cage, mm-hmm, but like, it's full of bats. Yeah, like, but there's like, how many bats when they go into the house? There's some really sad shots of a, of a um, terrified bat faces <laughs> who don't know why. This movie, I don't, I don't think this movie had like no animals were harmed. Definitely did not have that because animals were certainly harmed. In <laughs> yes, the they, they definitely like shoved cameras in bats' faces and taped them to a man. And like Vincent Price was like playing with a locust at one point. He's like, mm. he's like, he like, yeah, mashing that locust down the hole. I don't, I don't know if uh, locusts are covered by that disclaimer usually, but I mean they are animals. Yeah, where do you draw the line? You know, well, insects aren't always considered animals, but are animals always considered insects? Almost never. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then, murder two, or is it murder one? The bees. It's just a guy gets killed by bees. Yeah, that's, which is off screen, as far as we could tell. Unless we like, there was like a ten second thing. I think we were both looking at our phones. So if it just if it was completely silent and also extremely fast, there is a possibility <laughs> that we. But just, I also see this movie like three to three to six other times. So. I would have to miss it and or just forgotten it. Completely. Also, no scene in Doctor Fives is slow and or silent. No, that's true. The movie, the movie itself moves as a clip, but each scene takes like forever, or like each scene, no scene is fast. Yeah, they, well, they they want they lavish you with detail over the murders. Yeah, and I mean, by, um, Vincent Price is chewing the scenery in like true classic fashion <laughs> without talking, without talking, but he manages to like just like make it last. Yeah. Yeah, he does his he he like neck undulates as hard as he can. Mm-hmm. Oh, because Vincent Price can't talk because he got into a car accident. Yeah, and his whole body got burned on his way to save his wife, or to because she died, and he's like, gotta get back home to her. Yeah, when she died of dying, <laughs> we're not sure. <laughs> she died of being dead. She needed a resection operation. Is it, what? That's what they say. I don't know if that's actually a thing. I could, I could Google it. Resection operation? They called it a resection. She needed a resection. Like, you got all your bits in here are in an inappropriate spot. We need to move them somewhere else. Huh. What? I guess it's a bowel thing. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember them. He, he just, it was a real throwaway line, but he's yeah. like, she needed a resection or something. Uh, Joseph Cotton's character said something about her needing a resection. Oh. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor. Oh yeah. So, I don't know if that. I mean, normally a, a medical situation. <laughs> well, as we've learned from the movie, uh, just getting your doctorate. <laughs> Being a doctor. I mean, he's an ex. Doctor Fabs was a, a theologian. Was also a extremely talented and well-regarded organist who did you know well-attended recitals. Also robotics. Also, he was capable of... Um, advanced robotics. Fairly advanced robotics for what would be like 1925. And, um, you know, he, he uh, created a, a, some kind of device that allows him to speak, even though his, I mean, his, his medical speaking powers were that's, destroyed. That's pretty advanced robotics. Like, now, if a guy in his garage just built himself a speaking box... Yeah, definitely. But he's like kind of a renaissance man. They don't they don't make him. Like but also like his speaking box has like audio out. Like it's not just a speaking box like you were used to. It's like that's it's, true. He at one point plugs a cord yeah into a wall. So it could be like it's like his his voice has like an aux out. So yeah. So this is like this is before the liberal arts education was devalued. Yeah. So like Doctor Fives, who was seeing your car, he would just like take your aux cable and plug it into his yeah, neck. Sure. And then he just start talking to you. Yeah. Or maybe this is the STEM education. I guess I don't know. Um, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. I don't see theology in there. Well, science, he, theology, <laughs> engineering, well, mathematics. I mean, he got a strong liberal arts education, but he clearly also has some STEM fundamentals. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in his, robotics. His his robot band. And, and medical skill. So do you want to keep going through the deaths or what? Oh yeah, death never. There's a frog mask. A frog mask. I put shrinking. Hell, head shrinking. Oh, that was the joke. He's like, I'm a head shrinker because he's a... Wait, so why was he there if he was like a therapist? Psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. A head shrinker. No idea. (laughs) Wasn't covered in the movie. He's like, lady, you're being hysterical. I saw the same movie you saw. (laughs) We know there was no context for why a psychiatrist would have been in a resection surgery. 
But um, yeah, so he goes to a costume party and puts you... on a frog mask, which. Who brought the wait? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! No, Fives is standing at the door in that. Uh, what kind of mask was he wearing? I forget. He like one of those bird kind of like. Yeah, okay, he had a bird type mask on. Yeah. And he hands him the thing, and the guy's okay. like, "Oh, it's a costume party, ain't it? A gun yeah. mask or whatever." And oh, gets... gun mask, a cough. They're all vaguely British. Yeah, he gets the uh, except for Joseph Cotton and Doctor Fives, but anyway. <laughs> Enough of them are vaguely. It's like it's, it's that real seventies. Um, they're all vaguely British. Well, I think they're all really British. Like they all sound very British, except for Fives and. But like a lot of these movies are often like. Yeah, well, that's that thing. Actually, I think it more, it more, it's more like they're all foreign, which right. means they all have an English accent. Yeah, it's that, it's that vaguely European. Which is a tradition that continues to like. Now. Now. If you ever watch any HBO show, I don't know if you ever saw Rome. No. But they're all English accented. You know? Even though, even if you traced it like, even if you said like geographically and like use that ge- the geographic accent, it wouldn't be English. No, definitely not. These were, I mean, Rome is Italian. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Greek, if you're feeling saucy. Yeah, you I mean you could you could make an argument for like a some kind of like Greek-ish. But it'd be it would be guy. in the Mediterranean area. Yeah, certainly. But no, that's that's Hollywood, Hollywood European or Hollywood foreign. Mm-hmm. If oh, it's, it just if a lot of times it does go to British by yeah. default. because if, if it's not if it's not something hard like Russia or like East Asia, it's like British. Well, it's just, it's just a shorthand that doesn't confuse us too much because the accent's not... It's one of the easier accents, I think, for Americans to understand. Plus, it's a language, you know, that... Because Americans are like, oh, British people, they sound so charming. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, frog, frog head crusher. Yeah, like his, the mask just shrinks and shrinks and crushes his head because uh-huh. he's a head shrinker. Yeah, of course. Psychiatrist. Dr. Five thought that was very funny. He tittered. He, he tittered like when he's like, I'm, I'm a psychiatrist, a real head shrinker. Dr. Five's like, Because he knew I was coming. Oh, bees? I, I wrote that. Not the bees. No, that's a different thing. You think that's how he went? Yeah, probably. They broke his legs and <laughs> put a mask over him. He's like, no! I wrote, um, good people die all the time. <laughs> all right. Because that was like three murders in. He's like, good people die all the time. He's got a point. These murders are... Comp- well, that, the funny part was like, he was investigating after the first three murders and he, he was asking for additional resources from a superior officer and his superior officer said something to the effect that this is a perfectly ordinary... Yeah, he's like, he's like, this is perfectly ordinary. He wrote, he said, good people die all the time. Yeah. Which makes no sense. No. He's like, oh, and just the other day the prince died. Vols devoured his flesh while he slept. And this is after someone had already had been killed by bats and by a crushing frog, frog mask. Yeah, and bees. Two doctors. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Continue. And, and then there's there's Crank Boy. Yep. So uh, yeah, he's enjoying um, the strange, uh, fairly strange steak yeah. film, hand cranked. Yeah, I, I, brandy with his other I think it's got a, I think it's got a hint of war to it because sure. he gets really into it when she starts eating the snake. Well, who wouldn't really? He's like, mm, 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 yeah. He's just like cranking away, and he's just like. I feel like they just told that guy to act. Like, they gave, didn't give him any direction excited for act, and then act harder. <laughs> and continue to act. He did, though. He's like, rrr, rrr, cranking away and just, like, chugging away whatever he had. And they come and drain his blood. Yeah, I get The plague of blood. So they just sit and drain all of his blood. And then they put it next to, like, all this vaguely... Some vaguely religious, some vaguely just like. Well, they they, they stack in front of a Virgin Mary statue, right? And, and then a just, bunch of naked um, Raphaelite style paintings. It's just paintings of imagery. Yeah, he's he's surrounded by metaphors that I don't think were just like put there. Other than that, someone's like, "Hey, hey, put some metaphors up on the wall real quick." I th- I, th- I don't even think they thought. I, th- I think it's more like they were like, "What kind of pictures would uh would a uh, Edwardian era?" Gentleman having his wallpapered bungalow type yeah. place, but they took up so much of like the screen real estate, and they were completely like not nothing was blocking them. That's true. So, you know, in traditional film or traditional visual medium entirely, you would think there was some relevance to those because it got such a strong. Yeah, I mean, 
I think that there are definitely movies where the uh, sets, the like this movie, I would say the sets are very important, but only some of the sets are very important. <laughs> I think a lot of the other sets are more probably reflecting the taste of the people assembling them than yeah. uh, a larger um, meaning, like textual, <laughs> yeah, interpretation or like, do I think that. The, there was something the, 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 do I think the pictures meant anything no I don't think the pictures meant anything no I don't think they meant anything either I don't think they were supposed to I don't think anyone was like I'm gonna put these here because of reasons I think they were just like yeah I guess that looks good <laughs> which is weird which is weird in, weird in movies weird in things you just think it is weird in some sense but in, in yeah. another sense like you're talking about somebody's house right maybe you just got inside this guy's head and you're like that's the kind of picture this guy would hang up yeah doesn't have to I mean we could psychoanalyze this character and try to decide what made him choose these pictures. Yeah. I think he just like butts. He definitely seemed to be the kind of guy who would like butts. I know there are a lot of butts in those paintings. Mm-hmm. Those paintings are like 90% butt, I think. So he's just a... Uh, he's just a butt man. Just a well-balanced individual. Yeah. Just cranking his porn in the middle of, the, in the middle of his parlor. <laughs> yeah, he just just in his living room. Your mommy mom got my smut going. Puts the screen up, starts cranking, drinking brandy, cackling like a madman. <laughs> so after he died, well, after he died and then he breathed and then he lingered. And like, it was just uh, breathly leaving the corpse. Yeah, after, you know, hours and hours after they had drained him entirely and they're like, this guy's been drained bone dry. <laughs> and then they, the camera focuses on him and like, like a nice steady breath. And then at this point, I think they were back in the police, the pre- Scotland Yard. Yep. The only police station in England. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, the special crimes thing or whatever. Yeah. And someone's like they reference like one of the people being depressed as the reason, like they like appalling that they like killed themselves or something. Yeah, by bees. But was it the bee one? Because the other three. I don't understand. I, don't, I mean, I don't think any of them made, would make too much sense in that context, let's be honest. <laughs> well, because the B one is open to entire interpretation because you don't know how he died. Yeah, so maybe he is some But guy. it's like, I'm so depressed, I'm going to fill my room with bats and hope that they maul me to death in my sleep. I'm so depressed, I'm going to put on this self-cranking frog pass that squishes my head <laughs> in the middle of a party. I'm so depressed, I'm going to slowly drain and bottle my own blood. Really, any of those would work. <laughs> if you're, I mean, yeah, it's just to me, it's like almost like they never met someone who's depressed because usually depressed people can't work up the energy to come up with such a complicated plan. Yeah, that doesn't sound like depression. That sounds like like that's like the, well, I guess if you're a manic depressed, yeah, you'd like that seems like a lot, a lot of work. It does seem like yeah, and really not a sure thing. It's like if you're really like you've well, that frog mask seemed pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, if you if you feel confident in your ability to like build a self cranking mask, a lot of Renaissance men back in these days. Yeah. What did I write? Page crash doesn't count. Oh, plane crash. It's bad autocorrect. Yeah. The um. Which one's that supposed to be? That was the, the rats. rats one. Yeah, the rats one. I don't. I don't think that counts because the okay. the well. guy the guy flew off in his plane full of rats. Which uh-huh. also the rats were very polite and like stayed still until he was like midair. It's true. The rats were like it's like Doctor Five's very special. No wait, there was a hail guy before that. We did miss skip the hail guy. That was the guy who uh, first they pinched his driver. Yeah. On the neck. And he was out for twelve hours. <laughs> yeah. that, that. A real mean pinch. <laughs> And then they squirt, give him a good, give him a big, big hug, and then, um, then Doctor Fibes plugged a. First, he mysteriously put a little doll in the in the seat. No, the woman did that. Oh, the woman, the woman put a little doll in the seat. Yeah. To distract him for six seconds or so, so <laughs> yeah. it took Doctor Fibes to hook up a, um, snow machine. Yeah, I guess. And He's then, a Renaissance man. Yeah, and then. He, I mean, hooked it up to the vehicle or whatever and turned it on and it, was, it dropped the temperature to negative 100 according to uh, yeah. the police officers, which uh, apparently this guy, I mean, his, his body was in the exact position where he left it, so 
<laughs> he just did that. He was so befuddled by this doll that he let himself freeze to death. <laughs> because this this thing was putting out like a gentle spray of snowflakes. Right. It wasn't it was... like pumping out hail, like it was like the curse of hail, like which is what it was supposed to be. No, it was like a gentle ice spray. Yeah, it's like if it's like if you just sat down on the ground when it started to snow and just let the snow cover you. Or like someone like gently threw like a slushy at you. Yeah. Or yeah, someone was just like sprinkling snow on them at you as hard as they could. <laughs> And then, yeah, he's like, well... Fuck it, I guess. It's not like I can open the doors. <laughs> Nothing I can do about this. <laughs> Dr. Five's already broke, like, two of my windows. There's no way I could further break them. Well, if I try to move, he's going to pinch me in the neck. <laughs> you think? They just, like, saw Star Trek and, like, do it like that. <laughs> do it like Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, I guess this was after Star Trek, so... So, like, that, that works. They're like, it works in Star Trek. Why can't it work here? There's actually probably a precedent for, like, the nerve pinch kind of thing. I'm getting kind of, like... I think I've actually seen that in other other stuff, too. Like, but, older stuff where they just, like, just, they just sort of grab somebody. <laughs> by the shoulder. Yeah, and he just, like, ah, and falls to the ground. So. But it doesn't make sense in a, in a context that's not, like, science fiction. Yeah, but I've seen it in many things that aren't science fiction. That's what I'm saying. Oh, those things are insane. Because it doesn't make any sense. Well, um, most of your consciousness is actually stored in your shoulder. Oh. So if you give it a good squeeze, you temporarily... That's why in most movies, the people like aim for the shoulder, because they just want to to knock them out cold. They want to destroy the center of consciousness. Yeah. The mid-shoulder. But that's why they always get better, though, because they just just lose consciousness, but they don't actually get in a kill shot, you know? Mm -hmm. Right, so the rat man, so he's flying his plane, and I guess it's the plague of, like, diseased animals or something. Yep. So the rats jump all over him. No, there's a, there's a plague of rats specifically. The plague of rats cuddle him. They like give him some nuzzles. They're generally very friendly to him. And he, as soon as the rats, be, as soon as he spots the rats, he immediately gives up any pretense of flying the plane. Yeah. And the plane just like does loop de loops for a good three minutes. Yes. Yeah. He's, well, he's like fake fighting plastic rats that are taped to various parts of his body. Yeah, there are plenty of real rats in there. And then like, and then also he dies from the plane crash, which I don't think counts. Well, count, what do you mean counts? I don't think it counts for the. Pl- I don't think it counts as a plague. I mean, rats still killed him. Yeah, but like not really. The plane crash killed him. Interesting. I'm saying it's thematically there, but I don't think it quite counts. I think it's close enough for Doctor Fives, but. Uh, let's see. They um also. So one of the, well, you you have them in order, so I don't have to come up with the next one. A horse plague. Yeah. So this is the guy who's like in custody, police custody. They're taking him into protective custody. Yeah. And a unicorn just gets thrown by a catapult and lands spares him in the heart. Yeah. And then they do a weird like. Then they unscrew him from the thing. They like Charlie Chaplin, <laughs> weird physical comedy where you see this guy's legs like being corked around. Yeah. They make some, but of being a left hand screw or something like that. Yeah. It turns in. This is where like, the movie kind of like pivots almost in a weird screwball comedy like completely yeah I mean there's always like an element of humor to it throughout but it uh sometimes it like hard swings into it yeah it just seems to randomly like yeah this movie doesn't know what it wants I think it knows what it wants I think it's supposed to be funny throughout it's just very little success yeah I don't consider this movie inconsistent in tone I but I mean like it's it's kind of like all over the place, like because it, it moves so quickly. Yeah. That like it feels like there's no narrative. Co- like you never get like okay, this is the kind of movie I'm in or something. Like this is this is the set of the because it's like oh now it's the detectives now it's Doctor Fives, now it's the detectives now someone's getting murdered. Now someone who's got Brussels like because the the unicorn leads straight into like Doctor Fives having dinner or something. Is it, like that, that his dinner scene is close to that where they're dancing he's like drinking wine yeah through he pours his the wine yeah and then that leads into like his weird Brussels sprout contraption yeah which is leads to an axe murder yeah which we've covered slightly already this is where he um, cleverly he's prepared a drawing of the woman so he knows tell me about it <laughs> tell me about it this is a nurse so he okay she's in police protective custody like the, like the previous guy okay wait so how does she get into the hospital he's always been in the hospital in here <laughs> So he goes up. But how does he get there? He's just been there. He's born there. He will die there. So he goes up. <laughs> yeah, but how does he get into it? Second floor. He was. He lives there. He works there. He's an orderly. That's no. He, he finances his operations. A balloon. Right. They didn't plan for balloon. 
Yep, there is a. There's this. I mean, this really this upset Andrew like quite a bit during the movie, where the the doctor, um, Inspector Trout, yeah, um, mentions that they've got every they got every eventuality covered except if he comes in a balloon. And so he clearly and can't... Then he just leaves it at that. And Andrew was just incredibly frustrated that they wouldn't bother to plan for the balloon eventuality. <laughs> but the, here's the thing: Doctor Five gets in. And out and kidnaps a guy's son. So clearly he used a balloon. Yeah, it's very possible. So if they just like send one guy to the roof. The issue the issue is a balloon is just like the reason they don't plan for a balloon is because there is no way to plan for a balloon. <laughs> there is. They're silent. <laughs> They're massive. They're quick. <laughs> They're slow. They collapse it. <laughs> they give off a very distinct smell of burning gasoline. Or not or you know, burning gas, not necessarily. And they're giant. Did I mention balloons are giant? If you fly a balloon at the right time, <laughs> they're often very. They can, can, can be disguised as a, as a flock of birds. A moon. Now I'm setting. Sure, now I'm sure Dr. Fives would have a special, like, custom designed hot air balloon, but usually hot air balloons are also very colorful. Mm. So if he did this on short order, because he wouldn't, he wouldn't know she was in police custody. So unless he, like, got one and painted one very quickly, this would probably be a very colorful balloon. He might have planned that. He might have assumed that she'd already been in police custody. Okay. Anyway, it's irrelevant. He so maybe he dug balloon. Oh, so if he planned for it, maybe he like dug a tunnel underneath the hospital. That, that, no, I think he took a balloon. He took a balloon. <laughs> okay, that's what I figured. See, <laughs> see, it makes sense. Put station someone on the roof. And he's got a drawing of her already, so he's gonna know where to. Go. Yeah. So he gets he gets above her, places the drawing down in the exact position that it's supposed to be in. Yeah, because he knows the layout. Because all hospitals are laid out the same. Right. So he knows where to put the drawing. Yeah. Then he takes his his drill. Which is a cool old hand crank drill. Drills yeah. a hole. He gives his he he. Doctor Five has a good cranking. Yep, he gets a good cranking. He drips. Drip, he's made a Brussels sprout. Um, <laughs> like sorry. Sprays it all over her. Makes a little Brussels sprout cocoon around her head. Dumps some locust in, and voila, gut. <laughs> corpse. Yeah, she just turns into a skull. They they consume her flesh. Because corp because locusts really love Brussels sprouts. Apparently. They probably do. I mean, so much that it will disguise the uh, locust carrying creatures. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe locusts do eat flesh. Look, here's the thing. They didn't do any research for this movie. I'm not feeling obligated to do any research. <laughs> well, I'm certainly going to research if locusts eat flesh. This is important to me. Um, locusts diet. Nessie, you got to be more direct. Do locusts? Eat meat, but I want I want no feet. Plants. Each locust can eat its weight in plants each day. Okay, but do they eat meat? They don't. Locust feet. How many grasshoppers does it take to kill a human being? <laughs> do locust net worth? <laughs> One dollar. Do locusts eat meat? Yeah, who answers? This is a very important question I need answered. What are the new shapes? <laughs> Most grasshoppers... Okay. Best answer. Quote from Link... Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. As a little girl, I used to enjoy eating locusts. Fuck, this is so into like life story. Like they snuck their novella into this Yahoo Answers. I mean, we've already covered the don't eat meat, so I don't know what is even happening right now. <laughs> I need some longhorn grasshoppers also eat dead animals, or catch and eat other insects. So I'm gonna say maybe. Are locusts one of the? Well, first of all, locusts are shorthorn grasshoppers. I'm gonna put that as soft maybe. <laughs> Hoppers might eat roadkill, but would never kill a human to consume them. A swarm of locusts is not a school of piranha, unless you're a plant. Unless you're completely soaked in Brussels sprouts. Yeah, it's like it's, tr- it's like tricking a kid to eat like his vegetables. Well, it's like I used to give the dog uh, dog like, food. I would like we put it in the middle like a cookie or something, <laughs> and then put a pill because she wanted to take the pill and she'd eat the cookie but then she'd also spit out the pill afterwards <laughs> so I don't know 
Just but, metaphor away from you a little bit there. No, no, I've I've definitely fed pets pills like inside of food, trick them, but they also are like if they know it's there, they're not gonna eat it. Yeah, well, you could try to Lola would just like detect the pill somehow, and then just like she'd eat the thing and she'd be looking at it, we'd wait like five seconds, and then she'd just be like. Drop the pillow on the floor. <laughs> so like extreme tongue dexterity. I would like I literally put the pillow in her mouth and closed her mouth, held it closed <laughs> for like literally like three minutes. She just sat there completely calm, looking at me. <laughs> she swallowed like three times, and I was like, "All right, <laughs> she's definitely taking the pill." Nope. Nope. Fine. I was like, "Fine, have fucking Lyme disease, son." <laughs> yeah. So I'm all sorry. Locusts eat human flesh. Yep. If you cover enough Brussels It's been established. We've proven the scientific certainty. Yeah, Dr. Fry. He is a doctor. The theologists are experts on locusts. Yeah. And I believe that brings us to the final one, doesn't it? The death of the first son. Which, yeah, the, the firstborn. Firstborn. In this case, first son. First in, born son. That's in this case, his, his Chekhov son. I, I like to think of him as, because he's like... Once, once you mention the plagues and there's a son, like, obviously that's what's going to happen. Chekhov's son, yeah. Chekhov's son. And then, uh, Which is more of a pun than I meant it to be. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get what you meant at first. Now I just I understand now. It's quite clever, quite clever. Because he was like, so the son, as I mentioned, in which Doctor Fives is like Jigsaw's grandpappy. He changed him to a medical thing, mm-hmm. like a like a operating table, and then he's like. In, he shows him an x-ray and he's like inside is hot inside the boy's heart is the key however he talks but like that sounds more like Vincent Price but he has that weird halted cadence mm-hmm. so he bar- apparently Dr. Fives is a really good surgeon also because it implies that Dr. Fives cut open this son put the key in there he's a renaissance man <laughs> and then sealed him back up so, you know what he probably did he probably made a drawing of the, of the first, so know where to drill. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wouldn't it be really easy for him to take the key out then? Wouldn't he just have like undo Doctor Five's stitches and just like I don't know, wouldn't it? And then just like peel him back open. Oh, if Doctor Five's in from the back, <laughs> and he's he's chained down. Oh, okay. All right, all right. There you go. Yeah. I solved your problem. No, you, you actually solved that. Works. That makes sense. Um, all checks out. So he's got to he's got to get the he's got to cut the key out of. Uh, a cavity near his heart or his face would destroy an acid in six minutes yeah which my biggest gripe with the movie was the acid was red <laughs> I just yeah. don't think it's a good acid color I feel like acid is like canonically green I feel like you're saying this and then I, if I google it they'll be like most deadly acid red or something no I agree but I mean like this is in the film world in the filmic world in the world of film and entertainment acid is green and blood is red. That's how you know. That's how you know the difference. You know, blood is red and acid is green. True. That's why alien blood, when it's green, it's always acidic. But they um, do manage to. I'm uh, sorry, Doctor Vesalius, which is Joseph Cotton's character, does remove the key, and save his son. Yeah. Doctor Fibes escapes to the embalming room. Embalming room where he replaces his blood with a embalming fluid and settles down. Forever, in his casket, like underneath the sun, like the celestial thing with his wife, and there's a mirror, and there's a phone in there too. And actually, now that I'm thinking about this movie, it's like kind of a strange one in that there's literally zero consequences for Doctor Fives. He gets exactly what he wants. Right. He, like I said, he accomplishes all of his goals. <laughs> he does, and he's never received any comeuppance. No, he gets never ev- comes close. He, he gets everything he wants. Completely outfoxes everyone. So there's no need for him to ever come back. Yeah, well, I mean, his wife's still dead, I guess. Yeah, but so is he now. Well, no, he's he's been embalmed, but he's still alive. <laughs> no, no, but he took all of his blood out. Right, well, the human heart is, works fine with any fluid you put in it. And you replace it all with embalming fluid. Yeah, that's, that's how that works. Those, those jars... As long as you don't move, you don't need actual blood. Those beakers were labeled embalming fluid. That's correct, the yellow beakers. Yeah, full of embalming fluid. But there was a phone down there, so I guess you could use that phone to be like... Get me out. Hello, help. I am filled with embalming fluid. It was a prank. It was all ye- It was all blood that I dyed yellow. <laughs> so what do you think of uh, Dr. Fibes, Andrew? It's something special. 
What? It's something special. Something special. Okay. It's, I do really like the um, the part where the woman takes a solid gold axe and just starts hacking away at the set. Yeah. <laughs> For no, you know, destroy my things. Yeah. So aside from the the really inventive like James Bond style murder scenes, the absolutely insane Doctor Five's lair set. Yeah. Which really is is kind of strange that it's so elaborate because so little time is spent there it's really just for Vince Price to like vamp about for like yeah like little 15 second intervals like yeah. there's like a bit where like he said he's, he, he has dinner with his his girl pours some water I mean pours some wine down his voice tube cut away there's like a couple scenes of him playing the organ and a couple bits of him enjoying the robot band but it's it just like just it doesn't like it doesn't add anything substantial to the plot, and most of them are really close up where you don't see most of the set, right? Like the organ shots, the shots where he's burning the faces. Yeah, but it does cut out later a few times. Once in the beginning, once later, and there yeah. is an elaborate set there. Like there's massive, like there's this massive ballroom, and there's like these paintings on the back that like that rise and fall, and it's, it's really quite strange. And the floor is made of glass, so you can see the operating table below. Actually, I don't think those set like a lot of the other sets are very time appropriate. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think uh, the doctors like um, if this is supposed to be this is supposed to be 1925. No, they feel like it feels like almost like, it feels like the 70s. 50, yeah, lead, yeah, 60s or 70s, definitely. It's kind of got that weird. It's got a lot of like oranges to it. Yeah, the color scheme is very 70s, and it's very like modernist type furniture, like mid-century. Right. So I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, I think the sets are pretty pretty awesome. I mean, the five set, I should say, is pretty awesome. The other sets are fairly... It's the five set. It's from that bygone era of sets. Yeah. Where sets were huge and practical. It, sort of, it does sort of recall the Mask of the Red Death set. Yeah. This movie recalls the Mask of the Red Death in a lot of ways, in a way where it feels like you sometimes see like it's it's reaching for something, maybe, where it's kind of like says symbolism and shrugs a little. Or you think maybe, it, or at least it saw like, hmm, hmm... I saw movies do this, or like they saw movies do, like these things for symbolic reasons, and then just like that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess. And then, right. and then just did it because they thought it was cool. I mean, I guess you're right. I was going to disagree, but there is all this stuff about the biblical plagues, and it's sort of like it's almost like they they came up with this stuff just to like tie it together rather than for any particular reason. They hoped everything would just sort of fall together at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not that we didn't come together. It comes together fine. It just doesn't come together in a greater meaning. And I don't... It doesn't seem to me like they were going for a greater meaning, but like you're saying, like there is a lot of just sort of stuff. Yeah. That sort of hints at the fact that maybe they were going for a deeper meaning. It's like the Mask of the Red Death, where it's like all those like different death faces, like are they going for something or do they just think that guy from the Seventh Seal looked cool? Yeah, I mean, I I go the other way with the Mask of the Red Death, where I feel yeah. like they were definitely going trying to go for something, and there's even like there's more overt hints of there's there's a lot of scenes of Vincent Price philosophizing in that movie. Where yeah, there's very. This is kind of like a schlocky horror movie. I mean, this movie just sprints through, its crazy murders. It gets to the end. Yeah, I, I there's no there's no speeches like. Yeah, I don't know. But there's it's just like. It is rich with theme, though. It's got a bunch of parts that a, a movie that did want to have fought, like philosophical speeches would have in it. Mm. It's got like religious ties, which you know philosophical movies loved. Like, oh, what if we, what if this murder was thematic, and what if this theme was like religion? It's kind of like you know, what is it like Seven? You know? Yeah, definitely. It is. It is actually a little bit like Seven, only you know. Seven's completely joyless, and this movie is <laughs> fairly, fairly entertaining to watch. Yeah, what's what's in Doctor Five's big glass box? It's your son and acid. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that pretty much covers Doctor Five's for me. Do you have any more notes? I'm gonna check to see if I have any more notes. I think my last note is horseplay. Yeah, my last note is horseplay, where he launches unicorn head. On a catapult, like yeah. Well, they do. They do. They just throw it away. They throw away that line. They're yeah. Just like a unicorn. We always see his unicorn head penetrating his body. Also, like the way a catapult works. Catapults like arc. 
Right, so he was a, he was a distance away. Like you can see, this doesn't work, but I'm drawing a clear like the arc. So you know what you know what happened was he probably had to practice. It's probably a, a slingshot. Nope, he had to practice quite a bit. Yeah. So they had drawn a laminate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, because he had to have a clear line of sight on the door. No, he just knew. They had no, it all timed out. He had to have a clear understanding of the door. They had it all timed out in advance. Who timed it out? Fibes did. Fibes in, in Bulvania or whatever. But he had, to, he had to make sure for certain that the right guy was coming out. He knew. He just knew when he was going to be coming out. Oh, okay. It's down to a science. All right. The science of theology. He's a doctor. He's a doctor, after all. I forgot that he was the abominable Dr. Fives. So, I mean, I love this movie. I've loved this movie for a long time. This movie is... Um... Not a horror... I've, I've been thinking a lot about what makes a horror thing horror. And my own relationship to horror. Because I feel like I really like it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of things that get labeled horror, I don't see as horror. Or th- I would definitely not classify this as horror in my own personal. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big discussion. <laughs> we should maybe yeah. have like an, our own a podcast just about horror. About what is horror? Yeah. What, like what defines a horror thing? Because, I mean, I don't... It's like, what do you call this movie if not a horror movie? That's what I'm wondering. I wonder if there is a, there's a genre for movies like this that like don't have like a sense of dread to them because yeah I mean it depends on if you think dread is the same thing as horror which is I mean they're not the same but do you need dread to have a horror movie no but I mean I guess what do you need to have a horror movie I guess that's that would be because is this movie trying to scare me (laughs) I don't feel like the movie's trying to scare you well I think it's it's showing you some horrible things I guess but they're also like absurd yeah they are but I don't (laughs) is that that doesn't really seem disqualifying I guess I, I know what you, I mean I'm not even really disagreeing with you I know exactly what you're saying yeah this movie's not particularly horrifying really but you know I, I this guess is a, this is a movie where a woman gets her flesh consumed by locusts bats eat a man alive yep. and gets his blood drained <laughs> like there's an impaling it's a, it's about context not content though. rats yeah I mean the, the impaling is a straight up comedy scene <laughs> yeah they do unscrew him like a like a like a like a bolt. Yeah. Or a screw. Right. The the guy's legs does like spin around. Yeah. But I mean it's black comedy. Yeah. You know? Right. That's why I, was, I guess it would be black comedy, not horror. Horrific things trying to be funny or black comedy or dark comedy. Yeah. Or horror comedy. Horror comedy. I guess. I guess it's it's you know what? The genres are meaningless. I I mean I agree. But I know but also I think it I don't think it would hurt to like have a definition of, of horror. Maybe, yeah. we, maybe we, I think probably next time we'll do Doctor Five Rises again. Okay, and then <laughs> that will leave a lot of room for extra discussion. <laughs> and then after that, we can uh, maybe devote a whole half an hour to uh, talking about horror and what makes horror. horror. What, what do you think horror? What do you think qualifies as a horror movie? Actually, I, I can probably boil it down to a sentence. Well, let's let's save it for a... horror. Is people like. Horror is like a vulnerable person struggling against unknowable or undefeatable forces. I don't. I don't think that's. I think that's too narrow. I think you're. That's a horror movie. I don't think that's all horror. Movies. I, I think that's partially how I define horror. Because some people. That's something that. That's something that very specifically some people find horrifying. Right. Not all people. I guess, but I guess a lot of a lot of a lot of horror movies are against like even if you do beat Dracula at the end, Dracula is meant to be like an undefeatable force. What about Frankenstein? Is that movie a horror movie? I don't know. And that isn't the horror in that man's inhumanity to man. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I guess maybe that maybe that's how I see a, a flavor of horror that I like that I would call horror. Mm. Anyway, that's enough of that. Well, thanks for listening to episode whatever. I think I said thirty-one. You, you said thirty-two. I thought could be thirty-two. Could be thirty-one. It's somewhere thirty X. Somewhere in the early thirties. Of the GoldenAtara.com podcast, you can visit the website for more information, articles, show notes. There's an ebook on Amazon called All Godless Here. If you are listening to the podcast and have not somehow responded to my pleas to buy the book by now, I don't imagine you will, but it is 99 cents. Yeah, so it's like practically free. Practically nothing. 
If you liked the podcast, leave us a rating review on iTunes. Join the literal ones of people that have done so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Handful. If you don't want to miss an episode, join our mailing list at our website. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash here. You can follow me on Twitter at The Water Method or Andrew at Pizza Pranks. Andrew's website is www.pizzapranks.com. Our theme music is The Swan Lake Dub by Dubology. Next month, like I said, we'll talk about Dr. Fives Rises Again. Um, I also want to mention that there's an actual play role-playing game podcast that Andrew and I are a part of called actualplay.network. Um, there's a game of Fate and a game of Vampire the Requiem in progress. Um, and there's more to come eventually, so... Maybe horror? Yeah, I, I mean, Vampire the Requiem certainly dips its toe in horror. <laughs> And I think mm. there's some Call of Cthulhu. Well, there's a Call of Cthulhu game on there, right? Yeah. And I think there's going to be some more because that's a favorite game of us, of ours. Um, so actual Play-Doh Network is where you see that. I may at some point uh, cross-post an episode, an extra episode, on um, this podcast feed to see if, uh, if anyone's interested in listening to the other one, give you a little taste. But um, anyway. Aren't the extra episodes like feng shui? <laughs> no, I mean, like, I'm saying, like, I'll take, like, the Call of Cthulhu game oh, okay. and post it on this podcast. Like, I was going to say, the extra episodes are, like, when you guys say, like, oh, we'll use it as bonus, so those are the ones where, like, they're absurd. I mean, that's, that's, that's a whole So, thanks for listening. Again, the website is www.goldenagehorror.com. Yeah.